This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Welcome to another Poetry in Motion with me. I've been off for a bit, but thank you. I'm back now. I don't know why I said thank you. No one's asked, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm, back, I'm back now, uh, fighting fit and ready to proceed with another uh, podcast. Joining me, well, you're both on me right, aren't you now? Yeah. Is that me right or me left? It's been that kind of few months. Uh, it is Keith O'Neill. How are you, Keith? I'm very good. good. Missed you. Uh, thanks, my love. I appreciate that. I've been in the building 10 minutes and you're the only one who said it. It's starting to feel a little bit unloved. Well, Joe mouthed it to me. I think that was that. I said anyway. long time no see, which is that's quite yeah, similar. That's a Joe, that's a Joe Rimmer way of doing yeah, it. Joe yeah. Rimmer, how are you, pal? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, good yeah. to see you back, mate. Keith has been my wingman stroke woman. Yeah, I know. I will, it's, it's been a while, isn't it? I, I feel a bit feel a bit guilty. Well, so you should. Yeah. Quite frankly, but it's only going to miss out, isn't it? Because we've yeah. had some belters, haven't we? We have. We've had some belters. And well, listen, let's put it this way. One thing you haven't missed, one thing that hasn't changed since the last time you were here, is that Liverpool keep on winning. It is extraordinary. Um, it's like Groundhog Day, isn't it? If I, I keep going back to the first game of the season, or just before the first game of the season, when we'd, when we'd, you know, we'd, we'd got the Champions League, we'd, we'd missed the league by a point. And it was that either way, wasn't it, where it could be that this was the springboard mm. for a brand new Liverpool, for the Liverpool that, 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 you know, is going to amaze and astound everyone. Or it could have been a Liverpool that hit the bar and and sort of you know fell back into into the rest of the pack. Boy, did it fall the other side for us because it is just a phenomenal season. It's 102 possible points. If you go to the hundred mark, Liverpool have taken 100 out of it. They are, they've just dropped they've dropped just two points in an entire season so far. How do you even begin to assess this Liverpool side, John? I don't know. Um, I'll just leave you with that little yeah, one yeah. to contend it's, with. It's making these uh, these podcasts a little bit boring, isn't it? Because you just can't. It's it's you lose, lost for words on how how good they actually are. I mean, dropping two points all season, it's beyond your wildest dreams, isn't it? Um, and every week, I keep saying, "Oh, you know, it won't it won't last forever. They're, they're going to start dropping points. There's no way they'll win." You know, like all right, just keep asking, "When do you think they're going to win it?" So, well, they're not going to they're not going to win the next six games, but they probably will win the next six games, and 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 then they'll have won it. So, and I, all the games after that, I, yeah. I mean, it it is unbelievable. Whatever team they put out, whatever team they face, however, you know, whether it's they're 1-0 down, 0-0 at halftime, whatever, they just seem to find different ways of winning and it's just so impressive. Um, I just think we've got to enjoy it, enjoy the ride and I think quite in a few years' time we'll look back at just one of the most exceptional seasons, if not the most exceptional season of all time and it, it, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it is. It's what we've said in previous podcasts. Just enjoy it. Just live in the moments and just try and realise what this team are achieving. It's the manner of the victories, though, Kiva, isn't it? It's the manner. I mean, Joe touched on it. They seem to find ways of winning, but it's it's their adaptability. It's it's the fact that they they're living in the moment on the pitch and and they're dealing with problems as it happens on the pitch. And it doesn't seem to be. There hasn't seemed to have been so far a moment where they've they've thought, oh God, what are we going to do? I mean, I'll pull out the Wolves match, the recent Wolves match to me, which I think will go down for me as 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 one of them pivotal moments in in, in establishing what kind of team we've got here at Liverpool. Because Wolves beat Man City home and away playing like that. They are the only, one of the few teams that can attack Liverpool, that want to attack every game. They're a great side to watch. City try to attack us. Most of the time, there's, there are 10 behind the ball and it's Liverpool trying to find a way to break that down. But with Wolves, they went at it. And that moment when they equalised, we felt it coming. And that 15, 20 minute period afterwards, because we, we, we had 70% possession where people forget. 
at their ground. But that moment of 15 minutes or so was, I think for me, the one moment this season where I thought this, this could be the time now where, but they just found a way, an exceptional goal. And is it, is it, is it, the, what is it for you, Kiva? I mean, there are obviously a lot of things, but it's the ability of the players as well, isn't it? The, we've got world-class footballers there, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. But there's just this sort of belief system that's inbuilt. Like, I think it sort of stemmed from Salah wearing that Never Give Up t-shirt and then <laughs> half the time wearing them then. I think that sort of just never giving up on this team, just they never cease, they never stop. If there's a second left, they, they'll think there's a chance to score. They're almost like playing basketball. There's a second left on the on the clock and they're going to shoot. Like, this is the Liverpool team we've got now. I'm getting a bit bored of it, to be honest. <laughs> like, they're just, they're just winning, they're finding every way to win. They've done everything. It's like... I'm obviously not bored of it, but I like, would never be bored no. of it. But, you know, th- being a Liverpool fan now, we're just in this like complete, you know, cloud nine, call it what you will. It's just almost uncharted territory for us all, isn't it? And, you know, we're enjoying it. And like you, you mentioned that Wolves game, there's been so many games. I think we're going to have to look back at the end of the season. We'll all be buying oh, a DVD. Be some DVD like, that, won't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, to just, to look at all them key moments, you know, like Wijnaldum's stuffy goal against Sheffield United yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Th- those little pivotal moments that have just forged what it's going to be, you think, you know, a title winning I mean, season. I, I think you've, you've hit it there with the, the Sheffield, Sheffield United goal and, and similar goals like that last minute goals. They were, they were more to do with that mentality of, of just, I mean, they were attacking in the, in the dying seconds. That's the point. People say to me, you score so many goals at the end of the game. I said, well, that's because we're up that end at the yeah, end of the game. Yeah. If we were defending the corner, then we wouldn't have scored that goal, but we're not. That mentality, of, that siege mentality of them little scrappy goals. Are st- but I think what I think what took it away from that for me, certainly on the Wolves game, was the was the the opponents we were playing were were, were thrust and cut and thrust and, uh, as much as we were, and that was about fine. They were uh, again a team home and away that uh, have uh, beaten Man City playing that same game. Traore down that wing was phenomenal, virtually unplayable, and yeah, they did it with 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 belief with with, with resilience. But I think more importantly as well, if you look at the way Salah held that ball up, gave it to Henderson who knocked it through. Mm. It was it was just world class football, wasn't it? It, it was. I, I think. One of the, the, the great things about this Liverpool team is, as a unit, that they're absolutely wonderful. But they're all problem solvers individually, aren't they? And that they have yeah, moments it's some of, of the magic parts, and, isn't it? It's yeah, it's, yeah. And, and and you know, you talk about Traore and, and he's running at players, but you know that they always find ways of dealing with any sort of problem that's put up against them. It is phenomenal, you know, that every different type of system we've seen everyone try it, and we've seen people attack them. We've seen people sit in. We've seen people try and play long balls over the top. And they always come up with solutions. I mean, it, I find it a bit crazy. I always thought in my lifetime, the first time they win the league, and I'd see them doing it, you'd think it would be like last season, final day. Nip and tuck, yeah. yeah nip yeah. and tuck. And they're going to win it in like March. And I'm almost going to find it hard to get my head around. You know, it, it, it almost feels a but little do, bit... Do you know why I... Count- a two-month party, isn't it? Do you it? know why I counteract that? I think you're right. And, and, and I, have, I have seen them win the league before in my lifetime. So for me, it's one thing for them to have nip and tucked it, but mm. for me, what is going to be glorious, I know we say gunner, and, and I know we should touch wood and we should do all them things, but let's just say if this happens the way we think it's going to happen, what will make it sweeter for me is that you, you cannot deny. No, no. And no, the world's press, the world's media, the world's pundits, everyone, they cannot say anything other than this is a phenomenal, the best football team in the world. And you can win leagues and not be mm. cold we will be 
hopefully winning the league and being called the greatest football team in the world and 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 and, and that makes it so much sweeter, doesn't it? I think rival fans are trying a bit, aren't they, with the <laughs> Liverpool and all that, you know, the whole VAR situation, but that's just... No, even statistically, they're, they're we're not even... A, the, the clutching at straws, really, aren't they? Well, there was a great bit of audio and video of Robbie Savage, who I'm not, I'm not in any particular way, shape or form a fan of, but he did his... Um, he did his five live show and um, Statman Dave or whatever it's Statman called. Gaz. Statman Gaz. Statman Gaz. We need I to get him, him in, don't we? Yeah. I prefer to call him Scatman Gaz because <laughs> of some of the crappy talks. But um, he was the Man City fan who come in and he was just doing this VAR, doing this, this, and they bought the league and they've done that and that and that. And, you know, Savage was just saying, they're the best team I've ever seen in my life. They're the best team, 100 points from 102 points. No, you're not listening to what I'm saying. All that kind of rubbish. You cannot... You cannot write this team off in any other way other than them being unbelievable, Joe. They've realigned expectations. I was listening to another podcast on yesterday and they were talking about the Southampton game and they said, oh, Liverpool won without playing that well. But when you can win 4-0 and we can still say well, they're not playing that well, they are playing I that well. I went to that match they the just, first half, yeah, they didn't really yeah. turn up, but then but then how much of that is just containment? Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, in the past... Well, the Liverpool side would have said, oh, they played really well on Saturday. But I just think we know what this side can do at the absolute peak of their powers and they don't need to pull that out every week. You know, every now and again, they, they will pull that out. I'm sure we'll see Liverpool on, flying on all cylinders in Europe, maybe, you know, when they, when they face some of the, the biggest, best teams. But right now they can have a half of containment and they can just hit the so same bang, bang. Ahead of else, because they are, they are, yeah. I think the biggest thing I'm impressed with was obviously on display at Anfield the other night. It's the winning stench these players have left. Stench. I like that word. Stench. Left on that shirt. Who I never a, would have thought stench yeah. would have made like one You know, it's like when you walk past like a man half or a woman with, a nice, yeah. with yeah. a nice perfume or yeah. aftershave and yeah. it just, it lingers with yeah. you. Yeah. That's what, through, that's what they've left. You used to walk through Lewis's on your dinner, you were late and you just spray it in your face. It's that walk, you know. So these players, you know, obviously I think their shirts were clean the other night, but, you know, it's sort of like an embodiment now and the whole like club are just encapsulated by this winning mentality and it bodes so well for the future. I know we're enjoying right now and we're going to enjoy it, but God, like you, you just feel like this Liverpool team could dominate for the next four, five, ten Which years. is wonderfully what Man City were bought and paid for to, to do. There's two things about Sh- the Shrewsbury Town games that I found interesting. First one was the first leg, which was a little... A little glimpse into the past, wasn't it? Watching yeah, the first leg. Yeah. It was a little glimpse into the world of Liverpool without Virgil van Dijk. Because what you had was Joel Matip, um, a, a player who has since become a giant alongside Virgil van Dijk. And then we had Dejan Lovren, who alongside Virgil van Dijk has been an improved player. When we took Virgil van Dijk out the mix, boy, oh boy, did those two resort back to where uh, they just went back to default set, factory settings, didn't they? Because they were terrible. They were running around bumping into each other. I was watching and thinking, God, you, it, it's, we're not that far away, are we, from the time? When that was why Liverpool were losing leagues and that was why Liverpool were inconsistent because that rock at the back mm. just wasn't there. The, the man who solidifies that back four, the man who just calls, who doesn't stop shouting, who moves people in and out of places, who glides through football, he wasn't there. The second part of the Shrewsbury Town is, is the other night, which first and foremost, I thought, 55,000 people went to that match. doesn't matter about lower ticket prices or whatever. How many times have we seen the Etihad and full games where there have been empty seats? Right? And that is the distinct difference for me about Liverpool Football Club and, and a other and other, any other football club, um, particularly though in the Premiership. When you've got Man City who aren't, let's face it, they're a bought and paid for football club. They're a very, very good team. But when you look at them empty seats, don't tell me players don't see that. Don't tell me players don't see them. Pitiful. 
street marches and 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 and, and celebrating the league when when there's about five hundred people down the road. Don't tell me they don't feel that. Don't tell me Pep Guardiola's and, and then you look and there's fifty five thousand. Now Shrewsbury Town have come out to that and they've, they've probably panicked. <laughs> Whereas we've got a bunch of kids there who even on a school night, you know, they they're used to that. They've 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 played a couple of games, the Everton game. You know, most of them played in that game. So so you add that as well. So the two distinct things about Shrewsbury Town I found interesting was the lack of Van Dyke and the incredible support that, that lifted those kids and, and ultimately pr- provided, you know, a, a banana skin for, for Shrewsbury Town. I think you make, both make great points because I was, you, know, you look at Man City and you think that the fans and Pep Guardiola's hinted, hasn't he, before that perhaps the support isn't quite there, that he doesn't seem to always agree with the board, his players don't always seem to agree with him. And then I was reading a, a really good piece by Sid Lowe in The Guardian today about Barcelona and what's happened there and Abadal falling out with um, Messi. But at Liverpool, every area of the club, I think it's, is it three years or four years today since uh, the, the walkout against Sunderland? Yeah. And that felt like a bit of a watershed moment for FSG and, and they seem to have... Could have gone either way. That, yeah, could have done, and they've worked so hard to get the fans back on side. Um, tickets were obviously quite cheap the other night, and and the, you know every area of the team uh, of the club, from the fans, the board, the players. You know, look at the way the senior players like Milner help Milner. the young players. Everyone. That's, that, was, that, was, that was extraordinary. Yeah. Not surprising, yeah. but we'll know because he's an incredible human being. But for him to stay, stay, and then get in there at half time and, and give them a chat beforehand, yeah. and st- yeah, beautiful to it's, see. It's going above and beyond, and it's it's. A club that is a happy club and everyone's pulling in the same direction. And like Eve says, that, that stench of winning is just, it, it's it's over from the fans, the board, the players, everyone in the club. Um, and it all just boils down to the manager really, doesn't it? You know, he, he is the, boy, oh boy. he's the man that leads everything. And it, it's, um, it's, it's phenomenal, you know, and, and every other club in the, in the, in the country and in the world must be jealous of what Liverpool have got. Well, it was a wonderful piece on the television today. Again, someone who I'm not a fan of, whatsoever Piers Morgan I cannot stand him um, as my old man used to say if he was playing in the front garden I closed the curtains he, <laughs> he'd get some of my nerves but he, he he was rallying off this because apparently he was campaigning to try and get Klopp at Arsenal for two years um, and uh, he was just going on about just how phenomenal Liverpool are and whenever I hear that I'm, I'm in I'm locked in <laughs> um, so he was going on about of course he was going on about the possibilities that if Man City drop another three points I think we could win the league at Goodison which would just be mass hysteria wouldn't it I don't think I don't think KSBK would have been that inundated with people wanting to leave the country <laughs> but it would be a mass exodus wouldn't it if if that happens it would be hilarious I think I'm wanting it to happen at Anfield just because it's home and that's yeah, where it should take place. And also because, I don't know, I'm not the sort of fan that, I know a lot of fans are and would love to win it there for obvious reasons, but I think just because like my brother's such a, a big Everton fan and I, I think I'd feel a little bit guilty, but that good, let's just win it at home. Anyone else, can, maybe, I'm too, down, nice, maybe I'm too nice, maybe I'm too nice. Honestly, I'm, I'm happy to just win it at Anfield. Oh, well, I- Ultimately ha- happy at winning it anywhere, to be fair. With and you, I wouldn't, it? I don't even want to win it at the Etihad, which I know is a possibility. I just think, I just want to win it at home. I know what you mean. I, I, to be fair, I, For them, I you the, know, the season ticket holders for mm. the past 30 years that have been going week and week out to to watch Liverpool, you know, yeah. it, we need it to happen. I mean, it's probably going to happen in the city either yes. way, but, you know. You don't, want to, you don't want it to happen at, I don't know, Norwich away or whatever, do you? You know, you want to, if it's not, if it's not Anfield though, Goodison, there would be a certain irony about last season and you lost the league at Goodison Park, all that to nonsense win to win it yeah. there. The Etihad, do you know, I, I, Anfield over the Etihad all day, just because. The Etihad's oh, such a bleak ground. There'll be, I think. Do, yeah. there'll be no one there. 
Um, um, so Anfield would be would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, what I'll do is I'll reel off. Normally what I do towards the end of a podcast is I'll reel off the next six games Liverpool face. <laughs> this is going to be a particularly interesting and potentially special next six games because it could be the six games that define the greatest ever Premiership and or, and or football season that's ever been in the history of the game because what they keep doing is phenomenal. Let's just bring up um, an interesting headache for Jurgen Klopp then because obviously he was a bit... I felt that his timing of when he announced what was going to happen left him open for a little bit of flack and I don't ever want him to get a little bit of flack and I know that the more the more successful he is and the more he achieves, the more flack he's going to accumulate from people who, who don't want him there anymore. So when he sort of piped up and went, I'm not going to be there for the FA Cup and I just thought, yeah, I can just... Take a break, take a deep breath, say you're not sure, and then release it. Don't fire it off. And he did. As it happens, they've come through the test. But here's my question to you both. What does he do in the next round? Sixth round is Chelsea. Does he does he put them kids out again? Or does he then go, well, this is Chelsea? Because there's an argument that if those kids go out against Chelsea, it, it could be a backward step for them, potentially, because they could get a, a Morlin. I think you play a strong Liverpool team, but you have Nico Williams in mm. at right back. You have Curtis Jones in midfield mm-hmm. and probably Harvey Elliott. Them, backed up. Yeah. them three, I think, are the, the top three sort of who deserve, I'd say. I mean, all of them young lads deserve another go at it, don't they? Okay. And I'm sure they will get one. Hoiver was brilliant as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, even him to come in. Um, but I think now, I haven't got... I wasn't too fussed if we would have got beat there. I thought, you know, then it'll be over. But now I'm just like, you know, you're eyeing a treble and everyone knows that being, you know... Being a champion of you of England, and you know that'd be good in itself. But could we really absolutely dominate and just make everyone really, really unhappy by just <laughs> by just winning everything we're in now? Just like just you know, and you can you can expect it to happen. You just don't stop winning. Yeah. It is incredible, isn't it, Joe? What would you do? Yeah, I think I think Kiva's right. It's where you start phasing. You know, uh, with respect to the two young players, you start bringing in, maybe you bring back Van Dyke, maybe you bring back Robertson, you keep Nico Williams in there, you keep Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, Adrian will play in goal. Chiri Vela would probably be tempted to keep him. Chiri Vela, I was yeah, just, just about to say, he had a hell of a game. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's that development stage, isn't yeah. it, with these where if he gets pulled away, you wonder psychologically what that does to him. Whereas yeah, if he goes, yeah. go on, get out there, you can always well, change him. He was brilliant against Everton with Lallana, wasn't he? Yeah. So I feel yeah. like he needs a test of, I thought he, he was great the other night. I think obviously. might feature as well, it's a yeah. good show. So maybe him alongside him. And, you know, his future now is totally like up in the air almost because I was thinking... Chiravea will eventually, I think, is, is his contract up. So, yeah, he was, yeah, there was always a feeling that he was going to just float just, away. Yeah, just it? go. But he, he's honestly staked a claim now for something. And I'm not sure, quite sure what it is, but he, he definitely has, especially with, you know, the likes of Henderson getting a bit older. And you're thinking, you know, he, the performances he's put in in the FA Cup, you know, everyone's been been looking, haven't he? He's, he's been excellent. I don't, I don't think his future's at Liverpool, but I certainly think he's earned... And the right There's a to question play. though, isn't yeah, there? And, and and whatever happens now, if you if you if you're a Premier League club, you should be looking at him. You know, he obviously has got ability, um, or maybe in, in La Liga. But yeah, I, I would keep him in. I think I think he's earned it, and I think he's a touch older as well as he's 22. So I think it's not like playing some of the you know Seth Vandenberg's 18, isn't he? And he's still got so much time. Yeah. So Chiri Vela, perhaps Lallana or someone more senior alongside him. But yeah bring back maybe Salah or Firmino, one of the front three. Well, it was interesting because uh, they had 
you know, they totally dominated that game. The shoes were like a, a rabbit coat and the headlights weren't it, to be quite honest. The one thing I felt that we were light on was that last final third. Yeah. There was no real goal. I didn't think there was a goal threat until up popped the next Man United defenders and thumped one in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, but um, that was the only thing for me. I thought a Ryan Brewster there or someone who may have just been able to make that move, make that run, they would have given them something for the final third, which they just lacked out, lacked on, didn't they, a little bit, so... Certainly, yeah. I think, but that's mix. natural, isn't it? I think the creativity was there, wasn't it? Yeah, Which yeah, is definitely. So good. It's Absolutely. just hard to find great goal scorers, isn't it? At any level, yeah. and I think, yeah, if you'd have put if you'd have put one of the front front three in that team, <coughs> they'd have probably got a couple. Just because and, because yeah. it would highlight the runs they make up, yeah. make yeah. make the pass up, uh, make the opportunity for the pass. Don't they? Yeah, I think it's incredible that like Liverpool suffered for so long with fullbacks, and now there's like so many <laughs> in the academy. Well, Nico Williams is just a phenomenal player. He, he just looks kid. like. Trent born again almost, but he's like what a few years, a couple of years younger yeah, than him. You must imagine other, other, other rival rival fans looking at them, going, "Oh, you're joking, aren't you?" <laughs> Not another one. Yeah. They've just got that other thing popping. Not up, only do we, you know, pick the right players to actually spend the money on. Now we're actually developing these players, which is, you know, we had Gerard for what, like 15 years. It was Gerard and Carragher. They were the ones that came out the academy. Now, you know, there looks to be a whole a whole crop of them. You can understand, I think I've said it before in podcasts, Klopp, Klopp doesn't want to just spend money, does he, on anyone? And he doesn't go out in January and go, oh, you know, we, we might have an injury at right back or buy a right back or whatever. He he, he doesn't do that because he doesn't want to stop people progressing. And now you're seeing the, the, the benefits, aren't you? It's you amazing to think we've gone through a transfer thing, given without, yeah. uh, without even looking. Yeah. Without, it's the first transfer market I can ever remember without without really going, who are we going to get, who are we going to get? Because we don't... No one cares. We don't need, no one cares. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're just... And it's not, uh, this is an arrogance. If you listen to this and you're not a red, thank you first and foremost. <laughs> but what are you doing? But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, reach you. No, don't reach you. Listen, perhaps you're after inspiration for your team. I just think that it's, a, it's a, he's got this phenomenally well-oiled machine and, mm. and, and he knows. Let's just talk a, a, a second about Klopp because one of the things I find phenomenal about Liverpool and I think is, is one of the main reasons why they're, they're in the position they are in now is that he has to be the most influential half-time manager I've ever seen in my life. I don't think I can remember the Liverpool side worse in a first in a second half than a first under Klopp. They they seem he seems to fix. I can I can I can remember us doing having poor first halves, but he seems to to fix it every single time. Whatever he says, whatever he does to them, and then you can hear him sometimes in 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 post match interviews what he's saying. We we had to do this, we had to do that, we had to do that, and that's what they did. And, and and fixed it. He's an incredible manager. Just, I'm talk, I'm just trying to get away from the he hugs people a lot kind of <laughs> thing. There is so much more to Jurgen Klopp than than hugging people. I think you can't even sort of tap into all of it, can you? Even like from the academy up, what he's done, the people he's brought in. It, it's he's he's got his finger on the buzzer for everything, hasn't he? He's sort of there and knows everything. But I do love that sort of you know that half time feeling that I think every fan in. You know who watches football. If the team's down, they will go into the you know half time. Let the manager sort it out. Jürgen sort it out. He sorts it out. I've never it's known like a manager they go through do it. like a, a waterfall and they're, they're, they're like they, get, they come back out like just them, literally sprays them with with death Yeah, just like what you know. I'm thinking of that one on Harry Potter. You know where it like gets rid of the potion. <laughs> it's like that. It's very so niche. they come out niche. niche. That's what I am. That's my angle. But niche and stench. They're um, my two words. I'm taking away from, yeah, from today's podcast. Write them down. Like sesame trees. Um, <laughs> they literally just, you know, it's like, I just enjoy half time now. It's like, because I know what will be going on in that dressing room, you know, Jürgen's just sorting things out. And not only that, his team already's got an incredible, that backroom staff are just, you know, 
I think it's just, just everything's aligned right now, isn't it? Mm. Like it really is. I mean, I mean, Saturday was 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 a prime example. I mean, the first half was was just a non-event, and then it could have been eight <laughs> nil. It's just yeah. I was sitting with Steve Oversall and we were talking, and I said, "This could be seven, six, or seven now." And, yeah. and I know they had chances. Don't get me wrong, and that's another part of the, the part of Liverpool. It's not all one-way traffic, and Liverpool don't really blitz teams off the pitch. They just workmen like get through the job, don't they? Every now and again they'll do it. I mean, they blitzed. Absolutely blitz Leicester. I mean, I think it took Leicester three or four games to get back in to get their mojo working again because we just destroyed them in there. Mm. Still not sure they're over that, to be honest. No, no they're puffing and puffing, aren't they? I think in the Leicester game, though, it was just so professional. It wasn't like when I think of Liverpool blitzing teams, it was maybe two years ago where they would have spells where you would think. Well, they scored well, over 100 goals yeah. that season, didn't and, they? It was phenomenal. And I remember, remember the Watford game when Salah scored four, and it just felt like every time they went forward, they would score. Then every time someone um, yeah. went at them, they, they could score. Whereas now, they keep the t- the ball a lot and then just bang, 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 score. And they don't. They seem to just up the gears when they need to. And I'd say the Leicester game, it was just very professional. They always, they never, never looked in threat. They were always, always dangerous when they had the ball. And Southampton, the second half was just one of them, wasn't it? It was just like they they grabbed. I think there's an the inevitability game. now, yeah, isn't it? Part of the, part of the stench. I'm going to keep using that word yeah, all day today. I'm going to be yeah. walking out. I was going, what's that stench? Um, <laughs> There's a stench in here. <laughs> Part of that is, I think, every team that comes to Liverpool or or, or welcomes Liverpool to their ground feel at some point that, that we're going to score. And, and, and it, it weighs them down, doesn't it? I mean, I think the Southampton thing, there was inevitability about that um, when we scored. And you can just see the shoulders drop and then you just feel... Because that's what Liverpool do. They... They score, they, and 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 it, it feels like it, like like something's going to happen, and and that's what the, the that winning mentality. Is. Uh, that's what I meant about the stench because Shrewsbury the other night literally played as though they were playing Van Dyke. They were they were you know they were playing against Firmino and Allison was in goal. They, they played because they've obviously been watching Liverpool like everyone else, and just you know seeing the all red, and just thought, oh my god, you know like anyone wouldn't just frazzle. Um, Incredible. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Actually, yeah. you mentioned another another player that we have that we've taken for granted lately, and that's Allison. I mean, he's been pulling save after save West after Ham. save. Some of the saves he made at West Ham, and he makes them like they you look know, they look yeah. really nonchalant, yeah, don't exactly. they? He just sort of parries them out the yeah. air sometimes. You, you never see him like tip something, no. and you're like, oh, you, you know, there's never a moment where you're thinking. God, he's just about kept that out. It's always like a big palm to it around the post or, yeah, he just parries it up in the air or he catches something. He's like, he's just on it's another such level. such an aesthetic yeah. to his goalkeeping. The way, like, he just, like, gets the ball in his hands. Like, it could be like a rocket of a shot and he'll just, it's just, just hold it. He's got it. He's got it. again, he does his thing where he, he shows of parries the, the, the force out of the ball and catches it again. Yeah. Yeah. That actually is uh, mad because he does that so much. And I don't see a lot of goalkeepers doing that. No, it's, it's almost like, like he takes the force off away yeah. straight away and then just catches just it again. Catches it's, it's a really... And, and then he'll go and baptise your wife afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, he's got a bit of everything, this kid. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he's not cutting his hair, by the way, till it yeah. happens. I think he's got a bit of a superstition yeah, there because yeah. his hair's getting longer and longer. Uh, yeah. He's going to look like Jesus, isn't he? That's the look he's going for. I, I, he's, um, he's just phenomenal. You know, I think, think about goalkeepers that I've watched and, and the ones that I thought were quite good. Rainer, I thought, was a great goalkeeper. But Rainer just, and this is no disrespect to Rainer, just doesn't touch him. Just doesn't touch no, he him. Doesn't. He's, he's, he's just, he's... every area of his game, from his passing, the, the way he claims, crosses, 
and yeah, that this this way he parries shots as if like people have good shots at him and he, and he catches them or parries them like they're not. Well, there was there was that great moment um, uh, in the Copa America when he because obviously Messi had scored that absolute worldy free kick uh, um, in the Champions League, and then after we destroyed them at Anfield, there was a Copa Copa America yeah. uh, game, wasn't it? Brazil Argentina. And Messi took this. He had a, took another free kick. I think it was another free kick, and he just plucked it out the air like it was like he was pulling an apple off a tree. It was just, it was beautiful, poetic, and really disrespectful at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but yeah. not meant. He just went nah, I'm having it this time. Yeah. I know where you're going with it, and it was just great to see. It was like a little bit of revenge, you know. Yeah, well, imagine playing in front of him. I think you know you. We talk That's about the thing, Van Dyke and, the, Dijk and you, yeah, the change he's made. Well, well, Allison took it to a whole new level again, didn't he? So. He's just a phenomenal goalkeeper. I thought he, I thought West Ham was just, you know, they had a little go and he was saving things for fun. Um, you know, I lo- love watching him play. I think most teams have had a little go, but he has been that sort of, almost the underrated sort of, I think because we just sort of look to Van Dijk and then we look to everyone else and your keeper's just I there. I think we've played a deeper you line, haven't we, Jordan? Doing, it's almost like he's Klopp's, because we had that season where we scored over 100 goals and they were phenomenal to mm. watch, but then there was always that feeling that they were running out of a little bit of gas. And it's like he sat there and, went, and he's tweaked it and he's gone, well, we're not going to dominate, we're not going to go blasting forward as much because because it's a long season and towards the end of the season we were, we were found wanting a little bit. He's taken that away now, mm. so so you've got a more you've got a more sort of determined and a more average kind of playing length, haven't you? In, in the sense that they do the same thing, they don't go bursting yeah. forward as much. Um, so he's tweaked he's tweaked that definitely, hasn't he? I mean, you can you can you can see that that's been a major factor in what he's done there. Incredible kind of master plan. They've evolved every year under Klopp, haven't they? they? When when he first came in, it was it was all about the pressing, and and then eventually they evolved into this brilliant counter counter attacking team, which. Yeah, they were they were great going forward, but they did give up chances. And like you say now, they're just a, they're just the ultimate controllers, aren't they? And last season, I think they they were developing into this, but perhaps though there were games where they didn't quite take their chances, or they still conceded things like at West Ham. But now they're just they're so safe on one on, on one side of the pitch and on the at the other end that they're, they're ruthless. There's a, there's a funny comment that, uh, I've, and I've got a I've got a, a quote on it here that. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's gotten to that phase now, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a manager, where he's he's starting to say things like, yeah, but it took seven attempts on goal before they scored. You know, that mad kind of... full Roy Hodgson, hasn't he? He's gone full kind of desperately trying to pull yeah, a, a yeah. positive out of a negative. And he said this one, didn't he? He said, look, it took Jürgen Klopp four years. Give me the time that it took Jürgen Klopp. It took him four years. And someone got in touch with me and said, it took Jürgen Klopp four years to what? Season one, 76 points and Champions League qualification. Season two, 75 points and Champions League qualification and Champions League runner-up. Season three, 97 points and Champions League winners. And season four, this madness. Mm-hmm. So what exactly has it taken four years? And you're forgetting Europa League final. The Europa League, League final. Cup yeah. final. You know, the guy hit the ground running and just has just redefined it, hasn't he? Yeah, it was it was what you were seeing as well. Fans fans can't be kidded. You know, I, I remember I remember bumping into a mate of mine who was an Arsenal fan in town. This is going back a couple of years ago, and it and he it was after they lost the first Champions League final. He said, oh, "If Klopp doesn't win a title this season, you know, is is the gonna, is the pressure going to be on?" I was like, "No, they're getting better every season. You don't, you know, you can see that. You could you could feel it go in the game every." Ever since Klopp arrived, they've been going forward, 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 and and this is the culmination of all of that, isn't it? And and now they could win everything. You know, they they could win whatever they like. So, but we will. So just got a lot of work to do before he's. You almost feel sorry for any manager now in world football, though, because everyone's looking at Klopp, thinking 
well, he done it and he's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a process and, you know, we'll... Like he's, think, he's that good that like it makes everyone else else just look a bit rubbish, doesn't really? Even Guardiola. I have to say though, and, and this probably sounds a bit blinded, but I have to say that Klopp could Klopp go on and do this in other clubs? He certainly could do eighty percent of it. But I have to say, in my heart of hearts, I believe that it's the it's the history of the club and it's the belief of the fans that have that have that have have helped him. He knew that, though, didn't I, he? Yeah, I think that, that was an ingredient. I think his first strategy was to... Com- yeah. Well, he said, didn't he, to the board, supposedly, I want to reunite the fans with the yeah. club. Yeah. And um, he knew he had... He knew it. I mean, we, we're not even a, we weren't even a sleeping giant, but this this is a phenomenal football club. And it's been... It, it's redefined football for many, many years, in my eyes. It's redefined, you know, the way it's played and that link with the fans. And I think, I think getting that together was the last 20% he mm-hmm. needed to get this 100% kind of... Machine, well-oiled machine. I think Sunas said to, 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 on one of his half-time punters, he talked about uh, talked about Liverpool, and he just went machine. <laughs> it was just yeah. great to hear. Yeah. I just love hearing it now because love them or hate them, you cannot. You sound like an absolute idiot if you say anything other than you know, doff your cap to this team because they're just phenomenal. Well, as the gaps widened, I think you know you heard the VAR points. stuff didn't you like, around Christmas as they, they were getting like a few points ahead. But now VAR doesn't make you twenty two points ahead, does it? I mean, they're exposed. City have just lost lost no. any kind of will to fight. I mean, yeah. they, they, you can see that in the, in the way they play. It's they, broken they, them. It's absolutely snapped them in half. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I love about it. This idea, this master plan to to dominate. Premiership football for 10 years has fallen apart after after a couple of... We've been on the other end of it. Imagine if you're a City fan or a City player, they'd have been looking after Christmas, they'd have thought, they'd have thought oh, this is going to be a long shot. And they'd have been looking at Liverpool's fixtures going, well, they play Man United here and they play... And they'd have been hoping for little slips here and there and every game goes by and they don't slip. And, and then as, as they watch Liverpool carry on doing it, they've started slipping because it, it, it must be in their heads. It must be in their heads. And, and now it could cost them other things because I don't think, I, th- I thought at the start of the season, oh, they might miss out in the league, City, but they'll, they'll make a real effort to win the Champions League. But now, can you see them winning that, the way, the way they're playing? I the mean, way some people still have them as favourites, don't they? Uh, yeah. just Which I, lo- I love because it's great because it almost takes that edge mm-hmm. off. It's almost like Liverpool have just been <clears throat> quietly going around the business. And part of that is because, I mean, I listened to a, a five live commentary the other week. I was driving my son to uh, back to university and, uh, and City were playing and it was the most one-sided thing I've ever heard in my life. Commentary-wise, every time City got the ball, is this going to be the moment? And he's like, jeez, you know. But then the cat passed me thinks, well, good, keep doing that. Mm. Keep doing that and keep saying the VAR stuff and keep doing all that kind of thing because ultimately you know it's rubbish and it just keeps that little little piece of pressure off Liverpool, I think, where they're, where, where they're, they're not going to, you know, have too much expectation put upon them. I just don't know, looking even into like the Champions League, who's going to, beat Liverpool. I just can't see any team beating Liverpool ever again. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful it's it's a wonderful optimism it's that a, I, that, you I, know, that I wish we could come through. I think I was I've said before on podcasts and stuff, when they kept winning I was thinking, well who is actually going to beat them? I think they will go undefeated now. Like every game I'm just thinking I think they're going to be undefeated. Like I don't know who can I think the dilemma anything I from think, them. I think the dilemma teams face facing the Liverpool side now is they've, they've got one or two things they can do. They can either park the bus and try and counter, which is never a clever idea, really, because you're parking the bus means that you're just absorbing pressure. And Liverpool are a different kind of team now. They used to be the kind of team where you could park a bus and 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 get away with it. Now they've seen they seem to have that understanding and that belief to be able to just smash that door down every single time. Yeah. That can run out, but I don't think so. I think they've found a way of, of getting around that. The other way is that you attack them. And if you attack them, you better be fit. Because that's one other thing Liverpool people underestimate. 
and people don't talk about it as much. You can talk about VAR, you can talk about this, that, and the other. But not many people talk about Sadio Mane and, and Mo Salah defending. When Liverpool defend, their defenders are 10. Mm. They almost park a bus defending when they get back. The, the ground they cover is extraordinary and, and, and the, the stats are, are always up there on the optimal list. They're always, they're always there, thereabouts. Jordan Henderson, I mean, what a revelation that kid's been. It's about time, isn't it? I mean, in terms of, he's starting, everyone talks about him every week now and really, really is satisfying because you think of the, the stick he's put up with and he never complained, did he? Didn't didn't give any of those interviews where he had to try and convince anyone or, or sounded a bit bitter for, for the fact that people didn't appreciate him. He just got on with it. He never complained and he's he's been a one hell of a servant for Liverpool. It, it will make me so happy to watch him lift the Premier League title and I hope he lifts a few more trophies as well. So. Um, um- Player yeah, of the year. He's, he's, he's yeah. way up there for player. I think of the he year. might be the best midfielder in the world right now. And I think Fabinho being injured sort of let him let him progress yes. into that even more because we were we were seeing it from him. We've been seeing it from him for a while, obviously the back to back Champions League runs. Um but some of the assists and the vision, it's like it Gerard esque, isn't yeah, it? it really you know, is which is when he that, that famous that. picture of him taking the armband from Gerard. It was always going to be a big task, wasn't it? Like Cater taking the eight from him. Anything Stevie related to Gerard. Stevie you know? always rates and always backed. Mm. And the one thing about Steve Gerard is if he doesn't rate you, you'd never ever say he doesn't rate no. you. But the, you would know it. Yeah. And I think he always backed, always backed Henderson. So he it's, always saw it in him. It's the attitude, isn't it? You can yeah. tell his fellow pros have so much respect for him. You can and you can tell because because of the way he conducts himself. And, you know, there, there was questions at the time. Oh, should they take the armband arm off him and give it to Van Dyke? Why? You know, the guy... The guy but I think that was part... Breed. I was part of one of them saying Van Dyke's, Van Dyke's a better leader on the pitch. <clears throat> but he's not now. But it's, but it, and it's everything though, isn't it? It's yeah. not just on the pitch. It's it's how how you lead the club, you know, in the dressing room, in, on the training ground, how you conduct yourself in public. You know, there, there's no better representative of Liverpool Football Club than, than Henderson and you know Milner's not far behind because look the, what he did the other night I just I've got so much respect for him and I hope that eventually you know I hope he does win player of the year I hope he wins a load more trophies so that he can he can retire and people can talk about him in the, in, in the breath that he deserves because he's just he, he's a role model a, you know an athlete at the absolute peak of his powers and I, you know I love I love watching him score goals Love I love how he celebrates a goal yeah. he doesn't doesn't mess around does he just oh, no, loves it's, it, it. He's, loves he's it. probably the best player to actually watch score and yeah, celebrate yeah. because of his passion it yeah. just it's how you should feel yeah. when, you, yeah. when you score a goal yeah. It, yeah. it always looks like it's the first goal he's ever scored and I love that it, it just, and I think because he didn't always come remember that Chelsea goal was amazing but then he went on like a mad yeah. where he hadn't scored for like yeah. months and months and months so when he gets a goal I think he really does cherish it yeah. but now with what Liverpool are about to do I think he's savouring every moment yeah. isn't he yeah absolutely and let's not forget we've talked about this in previous podcasts that the, the season that we, we ran close and the season the Chelsea game, we were missing Henderson because yeah. he yeah. lost him at the City game. So he's been doing it for a while quietly. Yeah. He's had a lot of stick. I've given him plenty of stick over the over the over the years, and, and I'll be the first to admit it. But I'm also now the first to admit that that guy is is fundamental to that Liverpool team. And, right. and, and any game without him is a game that we all suffer. And I think he because he's felt that you know going so close in 2014. None of the other players have that experience, do they? I know we obviously went close last season as well, but. He's got that and he knows what it means to get Liverpool over the line and you can see it driving him and it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. It is it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. I'm just loving, uh, and again, if you listen to this and saying, why aren't you analysing any games? We are, but but the thing is, like Joe said, it's, it's, uh, and Kiva have said, it's difficult because because to, to have a fair analysis of any football match, you have to take the, the bad with the good and, 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 and there's very little bad. You can say that Liverpool against West Ham, 
first half, it was really dull. And and you can say that there are games when Liverpool seem to be inviting trouble on. They're the only niggling things I can come up with. There are times when I go, Liverpool, come on, get a grip. But they invariably do. So yeah. And it all seems part of the plan, doesn't it? I don't, you never look at them and go, oh, you know, they're, they're on the way to losing this. The Southampton game the other day, as, as, as Kiva was saying before, they, they had, it was coming towards half time, and I just thought, well, they get through to half time, and then they'll come out in the second half. They'll come, and out, like, they'll come out drenched in the waterfall exactly. of stench. Yeah, yeah. It's a waterfall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. Must just have a, have, a, have, a, have a little word about Danny Ings and the, clearly the influence he had yeah. on the Liverpool players while he was here. Because if you've seen the footage after the game, I mean, they were queuing up to hug the guy and, and, and saying hello to him, and he clopped, got hold of him. He obviously left, left a mark with his club, and it must have been very difficult for him to come back here, to come back to this club and, and knowing that he was very much a part of it. Left for his own reasons, obviously. It was, would have been, he'd still been sitting on a bench, quite mm. frankly, let's be honest with you. Taking the odd opportunity, but it must have been difficult for him to come back to see this side and, and what they're on the verge of doing. I think he said, didn't he, it was difficult to leave, but it was a decision he sort of had to make. And yeah, it was, it was up right to him, the club, yeah. you know, they were they backing him to, you know, stay on, on the sidelines, which you think he would have been sort of an Origi kind of figure. But um, it was great to see that, I think. And Klopp, given, I know we spoke about his hugs, but like giving him a hug and, you know, he had a good game as well, didn't he? And he's yeah. having a good season. And I think everyone's sort of happy for that. And, you know, the ovation he got from the, the fans, the applause was was lovely, wasn't it? I think um, everyone wishes him well. And especially, you know, he, he's one of them players who you sort of look to to take points off your rivals as a player. And, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, it was lovely to see. I mean, because I was sitting next to this as woman from Iceland. Uh, not to shop the country, and um, <laughs> and she was a bit confused as to why. As to, well, you know, <laughs> sometimes a simple one. There's, there's, there's others out there. Like I can construct a really elaborate gag, and you'll just stare at me like I'm a fool. But sometimes chuck a little Iceland gag in, gives him a little tickle all day, doesn't it? Um, and she was a bit confused as to why, um, uh, as to why why people were applauding. And it was because of Danny, and then the crowd was singing Danny Ings, and it was. Mm-hmm. I always loved that as a Liverpool fan. I always loved the fact that um, we very, very, very rarely, unless you're Sally Dioff, we very rarely will give you or Doof. We very rarely will give you a stick if you've played for us. If you've if you've been at that club, and I love that. I love that. Um, I just love that that uh, that honour that we yeah, give yeah. That we give ex players. You know. Yeah, that's why they love it. I mean, Danny Ings, fair play to him. He moved on in many ways. You know, I'm sure. It must have been a hard decision because he, he probably would have liked to have stayed and won some trophies, but he moved on. He's doing great at Southampton. He probably won't be there that long, will he, if he carries on? No, we scored again last night. Yeah. And unfortunate result for him, but he scored again last night. Apparently Man United tried for him, didn't they, in, in January? And, you know, he won't stay at Southampton that long just because he, he's going to be too He'd stay good. at Southampton rather than Man United, wouldn't he? But he'd be back in the England team. Seems like, a, seems like a nice guy. Got two lovely dogs, two really nice golden Springer Spaniels. Yeah, I think you've gone a little Instagram. bit too far with that one there. <laughs> I think it was sad so nice. with his injuries, wasn't it, Danny Ings? Yeah, yeah. That sounds like you just you just stared through his, through he's, his he's bushes on with a bit of binoculars and his dogs. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting one. And England call-up is quite an interesting thing as well, because England's bereft of strikers. I mean, yeah. Danny, you could do a lot worse than Danny Ings up there. He'd be back in the England team, won't he? I mean, it, it, Definitely. It, he's a good player as well, you know. He's not one of those... Well, he's in, in the box striking yeah. and he's, he's, he sniffs them out, doesn't he? He's like Ian a bit Doyle of a called him a ferret in the blog when we bit played. And I, but I thought that was good because he actually just doesn't stop. Yeah, he scampers yeah, around. Yeah, he's just he? there all the time. He's I'd good... like to call him a Springer Spaniel like his two beautiful dogs. Yeah, well, we'll got, give him that they, then instead. They, they are lovely dogs, but he... He's a bit of dogs analysis. Yeah, but he... Yeah. he <laughs> 
<laughs> he dribbles. He dribbles well, doesn't he? He makes really quite intelligent runs. Works. Works really hard. Yeah, he, no, he's, be, he's got all the hallmarks of a clock player, hasn't he? He really has. Yeah. He really has. Uh, just let's quickly just touch on what do we? Is the jury out with Medamino? Does he need to put on a bit of beef? Bit easy to knock off the ball at the moment. I see what you mean. I think it, it just will take him a little bit of time. But again, busy I, player though. He's a clock yeah, player. Yeah, he's, he? he's a busy player. Yeah. And I, I think, I think he, he, he seems to be one of those types of lads who needs a goal, needs yeah. something to just. Given, Nearly given had one against Southampton, yeah. just knocked over the bar. Yeah. It just came to him. Uh, so I think, it, it I think his time him, will come. Yeah, I think yeah his definitely. Time will come. We, we don't need to rush it. We've got, you know. Seven million quid. We don't need to rush yeah. it. In many ways, it's, it's a hard team to put yourself into, isn't it? Absolutely. Cause, cause, is. Although everything looks like it's going well and you could, you could, you could come off the bench and there's no pressure on him. At the same token, they're so good. That you've got to do something special, haven't you, to, to show? It'll raise it. If I you, think yeah, some fans are so quick to rule people out and judge. Like you know, even you look at Sepp Vandenberg after the Villa game, everyone's like, like you know, sort of you know, calling him out and sort of saying, but this, he's a kid. Like yeah, you know, you've got him. to have that patience. He had a good performance the other night. Let him build on that. Same with Minamino. You've just got to you know look how long it took Fabinho, Oxley Chamberlain to, yeah. to sort of understand what is wanted from them as a player and just fitting in you know be training day in day out with these yeah. players and it'll eventually come that you know and then when they're going out in front of 55,000 like I said earlier on that that all helps I mean you know what the Villa game the first 15 minutes we were doing exactly what we did to Shrewsbury yeah, yeah. they scored two really spawny goals yeah, and, and, and upset the game plan and I think they panicked a little bit and that was the result on that plus yeah. Villa had a much stronger side than they did I think going out in front of that incredible support and hearing them fans singing it for like kids of that age can do nothing but good for them, you know, and that's why I think his next step, as you both as you both said, I think is absolutely right, is is have a little bit of the old and the young, sprinkle a little bit in and help them and nurture them through. Let's just go through what could be a pivotal next six games. I've been saying this all the way through. We always kind of do a thing about the next six games. Our next uh, game is Norwich away. And we've got, well, let's not count it. We've got Atletico Madrid then, obviously. So our next six premiership games, Norwich away, West Ham at home, Wofford away, Bournemouth at home and then we've got Everton away and if City have carried all the points then uh, the, the title is there to be won if if we've won all the other games uh, Liverpool Palace interestingly enough the last team to beat us at Anfield three year, over three years ago now yeah was that the um, I was Benteke one I was at it yeah the Benteke yeah, yeah. Um, so what you know if you're going to count your fates it would be a great fate to win it in front of the home fans against the last team to take points off us at Anfield as well. So an interesting one. All, I mean, if you're going to look at games that are, that are doable after what we've already achieved this season, there's not one that jumps out at me there that there can be any problem at all. I don't want to say that because obviously, I don't want to sit here like Noel Gallagher going, you know, they're, they're irrelevant. That <laughs> wonderful piece of footage that should be played on every single ground in the country. But then, but then you look just as stupid, don't you, for sitting there going, oh, you, you know, they, they might not win all six. Because now... Every time I say that, you feel stupid because they go out and win the next six. I think part of you says it <laughs> yeah. because of the yeah, yeah. Uh, because of the superstition now of yeah, saying it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think it's a case of saying, let's not count our chickens, but they have done so well. Let's just basically just say anyway. I mean, whether or not they they win, we've said this all the way through this season because it's been remarkable. It's took our breath away. It continues to, and we are we are here now, watching something that might never happen again. It's that special. I hope it does. But we're watching a team on the threshold of, of of absolute greatness. We're watching possibly the greatest football team that's that's ever been put together. Immortality. 
immortality. I think we'll be, we will be, you'll, you'll probably almost enjoy it looking back on and being able to tell like, like one day I'll be like to my grandkids, did you hear a Van Dyke? And, you know, <laughs> just like, you know, th- that opportunity is just so nice to think about, isn't it? And yeah. just like think about how, but obviously I don't want this to be the best Liverpool team in my life team. I want it to keep getting better, but you kind of like, can it get any better? So it's like, you know, you just got to keep moving forward. And, you know, I'd say about the league, you know, we're not going to drop 22 points, are we? Oh, no. So no, it's, it's pretty much... We've absolutely kicked that into touch, I think, haven't we? I don't care if they drop 21 and win it by a point. Honestly, don't. <laughs> I they think don't, it'd be more like, exciting, to be honest, yeah. wouldn't it? No, no it wouldn't. Absolutely I've wasted wouldn't. a lifetime, literally a lifetime for this, and, and it really doesn't bother me. You hear all these people going, oh, well, they go unbeaten. I couldn't care less. If they win the league on the final day by a point on goal difference, I'm on ha- goals scored, I, couldn't, I don't care. I couldn't care, I couldn't care, care. I couldn't care less about the unbeaten because I think there are factors that go into mm. the unbeaten and the unbeaten factors are if we win it, Champions in League. March, we've got Champions League yeah. to worry about other that's things, true. and he may then. So that will affect his layouts. Maybe it might not. He might want to go. No, I want, to, I want to go all out. Well, this is fair enough. But for me personally, if we can just just set a target that is, if we can, yeah. if we can beat the City target, I, as well, I think once we're over the line, though, I'm like play the kids, do what you want. But yeah, but you, yeah, but, it, but again, he's got that City thing to try and work out the hundred point. Yeah, but it, I don't think that really matters because so many records have been broken. I think once you've got that. No one remembers almost that, you know, we're trying to forget that we lost the league by a point last season. I don't think people really, when it comes down to it, you remember no, obviously not. the famous, like the Invincibles and stuff like that. But I just think once Liverpool have, have won it, it doesn't doesn't matter what they call yeah. us because they've won it. Well, I remember when, when City did break that 100 point bar- barrier a couple of years ago, Pep went mad, didn't he? Where was that? He was, he was, they were away somewhere and he ran up the touchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might have been Southampton. Something like that. Good yeah, it was Southampton, yeah. And he went mad. And I, I remember thinking like, so what? You've already won the, the league. You know, what's better that or Aguero scoring the last minute, the last day? You know, to me, it, it, it doesn't matter. I don't care. If they, if they go unbeaten, that would be pretty cool because at the end of the day, People do remember the, the Invincibles, and um, but but to me, I don't care. Just as long as they win the league, I think you'd remember the Invincibles more than the Centurions, yeah, whatever yeah. they call City, because that's just a bit of a exactly. Yeah, I think you've got more respect for a team that can go unbeaten than a team that can amass the most points. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Oh yeah, mm. uh, no, I get that. I think it's easier to almost win loads of games than to lose. We can one, just have at them least, both, you know. though, can't we? Yeah. Well, let's do it. We just yeah. keep watching. And they, just keep they call us the, the Centurion Invincibles. Centauri Invincibles. Just a bit of bad. Yeah, that's it. That's what they call that's us. That's what they call us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you to spell that in a minute. Uh, either way, let's just enjoy the ride. It has been phenomenal. Uh, this has been Poetry in Motion, brought to you by the words niche and stench, as they used <laughs> to say in uh, in Sesame Street. Joe Rimmer, thanks very much, Joe. Great to see you back, mate. Nice one. Thanks. Good to see you, pal. Yeah. Kiva, always good to see you, my love. Pleasure Thank you always. very, very much uh, for your input. Uh, keep listening to... Uh, all the Blood Red podcast. Really appreciate your support. Keep watching the Reds and just keep just keep watching this phenomenal season. They are the greatest team in the world, so enjoy them. See you again soon. You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.